0: why well, that is what i remember from tomb raider the cradle of life uh,
1: it's just I think a, a, a bit few of reasons. music
0: that goes duh, 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 duh. just very typical sort of soundtrack for adventure but it that that is just stuck in my head
2: that is uh, up there with the more memorable moments of tomb raider cradle of life
0: yes yeah, there's not a lot I mean, it's not It's not like Dull as ditch water It's not Assassin's Creed levels of boring It's just Like, I was thinking about this Before I even started watching it I I was thinking I haven't thought about The first Tomb Raider movie Since we wrapped up The last spin-off, Doctors About the first Tomb Raider movie That's reasonable. Yeah, we did the recording. I, you know, ran it through filters, did a little bit of cleanup, whacked the music in it, you know, edited it up, and then posted it, and that was it. No more thinking about Tomb Raider basically ever until now and i guarantee you once we're done with this once this business is concluded i will never think about tomb raider the cradle of life aka lara croft tomb raider the cradle of life aka just lara croft the cradle of life
2: i it's got different uh, names. i have i have forgotten just about everything about it in the time between i watched it and now when we are recording it like it, it is it is a blur um it's it's a lot of action scenes. Not even particularly good action scenes. No. They're okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're they're all right. Like that's again, it's not like Assassin's Creed where they're really boring and also last forever. But no. there is just a lot of forgettable action.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: um, I vaguely remember a robot in the first one. She fights a yeah. robot in the first. Yeah,
2: there's a robot that that's exciting. Fighting the robot's exciting yeah by comparison (laughs) you
0: know i remember that chris barry was in it because chris barry played rimmer in red dwarf and he's the butler in this and i remember as a kid when the first one came out i was like oh that's good for him to be in a film like that yeah Um, because it was a big deal at the time you know angelina jolie at that time her name in anything was big um and then that's about it like and i still just now that i just remember a robot and there being chris i don't even remember what chris barry did
2: uh, I think he was kind of stuffy and smarmy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like he was. He I mean, was it's Chris what Barry he does. Character, yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit more memorable in this one, but in a month's time, I will not remember the things he did.
2: Well, that's that's he's only memorable because you just watched it.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I I did just watch a lot in this film, and I can't remember most of it. So, and I mean, like I just watched it. So. <laughs> I remember near the beginning, Angelina Jolie does some spinny things on two bits of wire when she could have just crawled across it. Yeah.
2: There's a
0: lot of that unnecessary flips and, and spinning around. When, this is
2: It's a lot like a Mortal Kombat fight scene. Yeah. Kind this, of. This whole thing.
0: Except those are fun. Mm-hmm. These are okay. Like, I won't say they're not, like, they're unfun or anything, but they're okay.
2: They're just kind of standard action guff at yeah. the time. It's, Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it. Like, it, it's just stock standard action guff, uh, which is fine if you just want something to watch. If you just want something to watch and never want to ever think about anything. Uh, it works for that. Then again, it can get so slow that you might just think about horrible things like war. This was
2: This was two hours, and it didn't need to be two hours. No, no, think. yeah.
0: Yeah, it does go for a while. Like,
2: I this would have been a perfectly serviceable 90 minutes. I, uh, pretty fun. like it, it doesn't even seem like there is enough plot or character development in it uh, to necessitate this kind of yeah. a length. Like,
0: well that's the thing again. it's like with Assassin's Creed, like with Warcraft, like what is it about the films with the least plot and the most boring fucking lack of anything going for two hours? Like you expect I mean, this... that in a film that's struggling to fill ninety minutes, but they these guys weren't struggling.
2: No. They could fill ninety minutes pretty easily. I mean, the the complexity of the plot requires some explanation. Just because it is combining this legendary myth with a uh, you know, a sort of modern uh, science aware spin on said myth. Um so, there's some explanation required, there's, there's some scenes of exposition that you absolutely have to get in there, and that could dry it out a bit, but that, that really only justifies, you know, 15 to 20 minutes worth of film as a whole, yeah, to get I mean, all of that in there.
0: It's not so, com- like, it, it's a Tomb Raider film, it was never going to be, like, unfathomably complex and nuanced.
2: Well, not even nuanced, just overly complex. Yeah, yeah, right?
0: unnecessarily like, complex.
2: They, 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 they could have gone that route. That happens with these movies sometimes just by accident, uh, one could argue, uh, or through mishap, uh, poor writing, whatever you want to call it. That's, that happens a lot. That's not the case here. The, the, the plot is simple enough that it could be summed up and, and delivered in a good 90 minutes. and I, I don't know. It, it, I think they just maybe wanted to get more action in there because it seems to be just the preponderance of action scenes that are so, you know, like dotted throughout. And they do take a little bit longer. Yeah. Than, you know, they're not Assassin's Creed like certainly they're not. They don't drive into that kind of boredom. But it, there are some of them where it's like, OK, I, this could be over now. like
0: Yes, very much so. Um, I mean, halfway through the film, I was thinking, this could well, be over now. Yeah. Like, th- this could be done, and I'd be fine with that. I wouldn't feel cheated. I'd just go on my way. Um, I like that the villain is Mance Rayder from Game of Thrones. I've been re-watching the, the series from beginning to current. Mm-hmm. And Mance Rayder, who was a-, a fairly prominent character in um at least uh, two of the seasons, uh, he's the main bad guy. I mean, he- he's... I- he doesn't really do much in the film. No.
2: Nobody just, does. Just, just sneering asshole shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, just just typical... I mean, if you've ever played a Tomb Raider or an Uncharted or watched an Indiana Jones or watched any film ever, then he's the villain from that. He's the villain it, from all of the things you've played and seen. It,
2: it would be so nice to have a villain with, you know, a, a motivation. Like, there's... No reason for him to, like, okay, he's, what is this? It's a Force of Darwinian thing, right? Like, that's his goal, is to create some... Yeah,
0: something like that, yeah.
2: Survival. To fit. But, see, that that plan is so bad. And the reason that plan is so bad is if you kill off all of the unworthy people, who is left to serve the worthy? Are you gonna go and fucking harvest your vegetables? Fuck no! You're worthy. Think about this. You need an underclass, and you're just gonna wipe them out. Well, he. What kind of world domination plan is this?
0: He hadn't seen the last Rick and Morty. It's the thing. (laughs) He he hadn't.
2: I'm so far behind on Rick and Morty. Oh yeah, that it touched on that idea. I hear the season's good.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this this latest season is something else. Um. They like gone. They they lent hard on the actual storytelling. Um, oh, really wow. hard on it, and it works r- incredibly well. Like they're not just telling like awesome character driven plots, which they are. Um, mm-hmm. They're telling genuinely enthralling science fiction stories as well, um, which again reminds me of Red Dwarf, which I mentioned earlier, where it was mm-hmm. ostensibly a, a sitcom, but as it as it went on, it got more and more into the like science fiction concepts and stuff and became quite interesting as well as amusing. Uh, and and yeah this is just fascinating what they're doing. Um, but but that's Rick and Morty. That's not. Yeah, I'd much rather watch
2: that. Yeah. But we're talking about this.
0: Yeah, well they did an episode where they mentioned Majora's Mask 3 dss once. So Ooh. that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> we we can do Rick and Morty. No, we can't. We we have to do this film.
2: All right. Well, let's let's do this film. Yeah. We begin on a small Greek island, Greek Greek island, Greek island, Greek island, Greek
0: island, a Greek island
2: where a charming wedding is going on just as the music starts to get bumping. Oh, yeah, it starts playing a a
0: contemporary pop and rock track from the day Um, (laughs) with with a, a guy who is spinning on his decks. That's what the kids call them. He's spinning on the decks. And I do love that in a moment, like they cut to him. During like what you're about to describe to let us know that the decks are okay.
2: <laughs> there is a sudden earthquake, and, the guy uh, and grabs yes, grabs his the... decks. He grabs his decks. Those Covers are secure. Don't Covers them like Don't a mother
0: worry. would shield her child from harm. Imagine that. Imagine the nuke scene in Terminator 2: Judgment Day, like the nuke scene <laughs> where the parents are clutching their children from the nukes, but it's all DJs clutching tiny <laughs> little decks, and then you know. What a face! Um, Sarah Connor is all Linda like Hamilton. Skellington. Yeah, yeah, uh. that'd be fun.
2: So, as rocks fall into the ocean during this earthquake, uh, they form the the film's logo underwater. It's a, a very, very subtle effect. How'd yes. that happen?
0: Well, according to the the facts, the movie facts, oh. according to Amazon X-ray. It says that the titles were projected onto the water, but I don't know if they just mean in post or if they were literally... Because pro- it's an odd choice of words. <laughs> projected onto the water. Like, I don't know if, they just, if they're just saying, oh, yeah, they, they decided to be a bit interesting with the title sequence and put the title underwater. Or if they actually had, like, a big light projector and were just like, here's the logo.
2: Well, I mean, they certainly it, it, seemed to waste a lot of money in this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's... On sets and, and drawn-out action sequences. So, mm-hmm. yeah, could be. Uh, a group of salvage boats are later at the wreckage, uh, with one of them very disappointed about the lateness of someone who, to the audience's great surprise, is Lara Croft.
0: Oh, my God. She I arrives on a jet
2: film. ski, buzzing the crew. Doing flips.
0: So many flips. Oh, my God.
2: Before boarding the ship and being charming.
0: Yeah, I Uh, remember that scene because the trailers and promotional material and basically anything ever that was talking about this movie at the time. Because, again, the sequel was also just a big media deal. They always showed her getting on the boat.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Presumably
0: because she's wearing... Just the bikini, well, right? And so it's it always it. that shot of her getting onto the boat. That's all I thought the film was—was was just her getting onto boats.
2: It's pretty much the only time in this film that she's not like in a one piece. Yeah, well, you there's know? a
0: reason for that. Amazon X-ray to come to save the day again. Um, the reason for that is they covered up her arm a lot more in this one than they did in the first because the first film got a lot of criticism for how bad the uh, makeup covering her tattoo was. So here, her arm is like her. I think it's her right arm. You rarely see it exposed in this film because
2: mm. they
0: don't want to be fiddling around with the the makeup job. That well, not very good.
2: They don't. They don't want to take people out of the fantasy. No, because uh, uh, Angelina Jolie is Lara Croft Tomb Raider.
0: Lara Croft Tomb Raider, the, the cradle of life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? They're, they're really. There are some, there's some jokes. There's some, some Cradle of Life jokes. There's some vagina jokes in Cradle of Life. They're in there. Well, there's that you know whole that, scene right?
0: where they do nothing but that.
2: Yeah, it's, it's yeah, there's like... They're just yelling
0: vagina at each other over <laughs> and over again. Like, it's, like, and it's like... It's like 12 really, minutes. 12 minutes, and it's a really long, like almost like a Viking-style long table that they're in. Um, and like she's at one end, and Gerard Butler's on the other end, and they're just yelling it back and forth at each other for like you say, 12, 13 minutes.
2: Why are we not making movies? We would
0: make such better movies. I think it'd be amazing. Our <laughs> version of the Cradle of Life would be the best film.
2: So Lara thinks that the lunar, te- the Luna, Luna, lunar, the lunar temple, built by Alexander the Great to house his most prized possessions is here off this little greek island once lost under a volcanic eruption now clever lara using science points out that the other treasure hunters in the area are looking in the wrong place for the big score because they're following uh water currents and the water currents have changed because of the earthquake uh, okay sure but I don't know science. That I believe it.
0: Why? Why uh, isn't everybody else's computers picking that up?
2: That's a really good question.
0: It never gets they, answered.
2: Yeah. You know, well, she's the only. She's smarter than all the other ones because she thought to use science.
0: Oh see. yeah, the other ones are just sort of splashing about in the water, just hoping some gold floated up to the
2: top. Right. They're they're not. They're not. They're in no way professional treasure hunters.
0: Of course, they not. would never. <laughs>
2: They don't have salvage boats at the ready to show up and beat her to yeah. the location. This, that doesn't happen.
0: That's, this movie, what? this this movie is one of those ones where they, they can't elevate the hero, so they have to downgrade everyone else. <laughs> they thought of no way to make her better than everyone else. There are many ways they could have, but they couldn't think of them. So they're like, okay, we're just going to say she knows this thing, but they all don't. But... And then someone else, uh, line producer or whoever's like, but what about the other people on the boats? Like, surely they've all got computers tracking this. And then the director just says, shut up. (laughs) Todd, shut up and fuck off. And I want that vagina scene on my desk, my (laughs) vagina (laughs) part.
2: after getting into a full body suit that somehow, somehow, manages to be as revealing as the bikini she was previously wearing?
0: Yeah, yeah, like, you you can't just dream it away. It's, uh... It is... Somehow, it covers all of her body and yet reveals much more. It's, it's a paradox. <laughs> like, forget looking for the cradle of life or whatever, like ancient artifacts. Sell that technology. Because that... I mean, certainly, it was good enough to be on all of the posters and covers mm. uh, because she's not in a bikini, so it's not exploitative, but it reveals a lot more, so people will go and see the film.
2: <laughs> uh, so the uh, the captain of her ship raises concerns about whether or not it's a good idea to find this place. You know, in your your typical wise sea captain warns impulsive adventurer of the dangers of what they're about to attempt, kind of scene. And as you would expect, she shrugs him off. And uh, going diving with submersibles and showing some shocking disrespect for the local coral growth, uh, Lara and a couple of crew members find the entrance to the temple, which conveniently has torches already containing easily lit fuel. They just walk into this abandoned temple that has been underwater for God knows how long. But apparently perfectly hermetically sealed in there. And fuel already in the pots.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I see nothing wrong with this scenario. Don't
2: don't think about it.
0: Again, yeah, that that works for a lot of this film. Like, a lot of (laughs) things are convenient and useful for our heroes. But we shouldn't think about where they came from, what they're doing there, why no one else benefited from this secret knowledge that is, seems really obvious. Um, it's fine. Lara Croft is, in this film, Lara Croft is an average person in a world of useless
2: imbeciles. As the crew marvels over the various treasures, Lara takes an interest in a bas-relief depicting a mysterious box. Then climbs a statue of Alexander to pry a medallion out of its chest.
0: When in As Rome, she. <laughs> pry medallions out of chests?
2: As she does so, light floods into the temple through an orb affixed above the statue, and nobody's noticing the other people creeping into the chamber. No. <laughs> Which, I mean, yeah, if there was going to be a distraction that would prevent me from observing, you know. Half a dozen other folks, silent you know, semi-silently coming out of the water where I came in. Yeah, that would do it. I'd miss that. Yeah. I'd miss what was happening. Well, the I mean, timing.
0: I mean, Lara Croft was busy doing flips on bits of metal, and well, she everyone cli- was impressed with that.
2: She climbs up to the orb, and and she's going. It's like this wiry chandeliery type thing that she's climbing across, and she's like. Treating it like a balance beam at the Olympics.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's she's doing, like, like gymnastics for yeah, no she's, reason.
2: Yeah, just, just maneuvers that, like, okay, like it's impressive that you can maintain your balance up there while you're doing that, but you don't have to do that to maintain your balance.
0: No, I still... For some reason, that scene more than anything else jumps out at me that she's doing. Like, it's, it's like, two... Two long bits of metal, sort of horizontal, up in the air, and she's grabbed both, you know, each one with her hands, and she's just rotating like a children's toy on a (laughs) spinner, just spinning towards her destination when it would have been quicker and they wouldn't have had to have hired a stunt person to just shimmy across it. Like, she sat there, just grabbed the two bits of metal and just drag your ass across Instead, they hire a stunt person to flip about for no... It didn't add to the film. I mean, I guess it's the only thing I want to talk about, so it did something.
2: Yeah, that's... Yes, it is the standout moment, and that maybe says a lot about the, <laughs> the film. highlight
0: of the movie. Uh,
2: Lara climbs up to this orb and starts cutting it th- free from its housing while the bad guys sneak up and kill her crewmates and shoot her in the leg with a harpoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the way you said that that's like that was their goal we're gonna sneak in there and we're gonna shoot her in the leg with a fucking harpoon
2: <laughs> So they cause her, that causes her to drop the orb and the bad guys take that and there's some shooting so she has guns and her guns are fine yeah, they don't have. Do they have guns or do they just have harpoons? I might have missed whether or not they had guns. And if they had guns, why did they shoot her with the harpoon? <laughs>
0: <laughs> something to do. I mean, if you're a if you're a henchman, you probably like find. You probably want to find. Ways well, you to get spice so bored it with
2: guns. Yeah. You get so bored with guns. Everybody uses guns. This guy was just looking for his new thing, and he figures, out, you know what? I'm diving. When am I gonna get an opportunity to use a harpoon gun? He to, probably to yeah.
0: Like he's in uh, water, and he he was probably like told to bring guns, and he's like, "We're in water. What if we have to fight them underwater? We should get
2: harpoons." Well, now maybe, maybe. Maybe he always carries a harpoon gun. Oh, like even yeah. when he's like working as a like a a, a, a ganger in Shanghai, you're like that's his thing. He's, he's wandering around guy, Shanghai yeah. with the harpoon gun. They're
0: like, oh for <laughs> fuck's sake! You has got his fucking harpoon again? <laughs> what in the shit? We're in the middle of a crowded street. <laughs> We've all got like pistols like inside our jackets to be dramatically revealed <laughs> later when we shoot a drug kingpin or whatever. You have got a carpoon gun dragging it along on a bit of rope behind you.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> so Laura manages to escape after some shooting and uh, gets to the surface and clinging to a bit of her friend's destroyed boat you know that that poor captain. He tried to warn her, and it got him killed. Uh, she activates a tracker up there, and it's unclear how much time has passes. How much time passes here? Because her eyes go closed, and then they open. It seems like it's an immediate span of time, and all of a sudden, there's this movement underneath her. When a submarine, a submarine, a full size <laughs> fucking submarine. Just rises up from underneath her.
0: Yeah. Well, again, again, um, you are thinking, where did that come from? And the answer is, shut up. The answer is, <laughs> shut up. Shut up and enjoy the spectacle of Lara Croft Tomb Raider, to
2: the Cradle of Life. So it's, it's her friends, Bryce and Hillary. Hooray! And, and, and they're there to rescue her. Apparently, it's been three days that she's been out there on the water. And Most th- of
0: it was just her doing jet ski tricks.
2: Well, thank, thank God they didn't show us the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> on a private jet, a biological weapons dealer addresses a group of ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. And as he's talking, one of the people on the plane begins to cough and sputter, clearly ill. And, and you know, just, I appreciate that everybody on the plane is justifiably alarmed by this person's expression of illness. Like these, you can te- you can clearly tell that these guys are the big thinkers. Yeah, because they are in a very confined space with recirculated air. Having a meeting with a guy who sells diseases
0: yeah I mean I mean you could you could argue it that way uh, they're getting onto a plane with a sick man to deal with a biological arms dealer sure but
2: well,
0: on the other they, hand
2: we need they don't necessarily with villains. Know, well they don't necessarily know that the other guy is is sick yet you know he's, he's the, the implication is that he's infected on the plane and yeah (laughs) (laughs) open air if you're dealing with a biological arms dealer do it in the open air you could do this on like an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean private islands you fuckers are rich
0: yeah then again if we if we are searching for logic in the illogical Maybe meeting him in a place where he has to breathe the same air as you is the best call.
2: No, that could be. That, that could be. be. Maybe
0: and they are smarter than we pegged them for.
2: And this is a change in the plan. Like, this was not the original meeting place. It had to be changed because there is a betrayer in their midst, and oh, it's fuck. this guy who's dying.
0: That's he a, betrayed that's, the that's, ar- that's really handy. Like,
2: yeah, it worked out for well.
0: the betrayer to be the one who dies, <laughs> that is so useful for the main villain.
2: He betrayed the, the arms dealer to MI6, so the arms dealer affected him with Ebola. And yeah. so af, after distributing The magic an,
0: Ebola, because... Magic
2: it, Ebola. It works really quickly. Works real fast, and he immediately has an antivirus that will work immediately also.
1: Oh, by the and, way, that
0: antivirus, the anti-serum or whatever, is um, an old Chinese remed- uh, herbal remedy, I believe, for an upset stomach. The, the clear casing with the black pills inside. That's apparently what that <laughs> is in real life. I like to imagine in the movie that is what it is as well. He just gave them all the placebo and they'll be packing up blood before they get to Santa Maria.
2: Well, it's... The... Okay. A magic Ebola that infects instantly. The Santa Maria's a ship. They're, well, they're, He's passing these out and that they're all... like Everyone there in the plane is holding their pill and looking to this guy and waiting, to him, waiting for him to take the pill. And then they all hurriedly take the pill. Isn't the implication pretty clear? Or are they thinking, okay, well, so has he given me virus or has yeah. he given me cure?
0: That's probably what it is. It's like, it's, is this just full of Ebola?
2: <laughs> so is this a product sample? What am I doing with this? <laughs> we got to go door to door. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's the plan. You infect a country with Ebola and go door-to-door selling your Chinese herbal medicine stomach pills to cure it.
2: So he, he promises he's going to deliver these guys a disease for which there is no cure Herodic. for a large amount of cash. This is a super practical deal. Like, yeah, I, let's unleash a disease that we can't control. Good thinking.
0: To be fair. He ran this whole thing for a simulation of Tokyo in a Russian (laughs) underground base. It's all set. The data is sound.
2: Getting off the plane, the arms dealer asks about a man named Chen Lo, seemingly the guy who took the orb from Lara, since they're talking about an orb, and the arms dealer insists that he needs said orb because he just told people on a plane about Pandora, so there's no turning back from whatever he started. Okay. Good, good. Laura, that's, that's
0: good story so far.
2: Laura does some sparring with Hillary. Yeah. While they talk about the orb Chris and Barry. how they need to they need to to research this orb, and then she goes horseback riding to practice her shooting.
0: Yes. Which which again, unnecessary, <laughs> unnecessarily fancy shooting.
2: <laughs> unnecessarily, fa- okay. Uh, just just so we're clear. At what point in the riding a horse and practicing shooting? At what point does that get unnecessary? <laughs> like couldn't you just go practice your shooting? Or practice your horseback riding. Yeah, well, practicing
0: I, mean, I understand the need to shoot on horseback. Like she travels by horse, she gets shot at over gold. <laughs> um it's it's a pretty fucked up life that she leads. I understand that it's the turning around and shooting at thing. Like it's the unnecessary extraneous way in which she does it and, and does anything. Everything (laughs) seems to take more energy than it would be if she just shot the thing or just hit the thing.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Yep. So a helicopter arrives while she's out.
0: Oh, and by the way, I know people are going to argue that the film would be less exciting if she didn't do that, the film would also be way shorter and probably yep. more condensed and entertaining because I got no entertainment value from her doing all her flips and unnecessary things. I'm just thinking that's not necessary. Just shoot the fucker.
2: <laughs> so the helicopter that shows up has guests from MI6 and Laura's pissed for reasons.
0: Oh, yeah, She um, considers them intruders and says, right, get out of my fucking house.
2: Doesn't like authorities. That yes. Lara Croft.
0: Well, she, she prefers to work alone, and she's a maverick. Which is, which she is why she
2: immediately, roles. yeah, immediately goes and, and gets someone to help her. Um,
0: well, yeah, well, they need Gerard Butler's name on the poster next to hers, because then that's two stars.
2: Well, she gets interested in what MI6 is throwing down when they show her a photo of Chen Lo, who she recognizes as the guy who killed her friends. Oh, yes. Uh, and uh, a photo of her employer... Uh, or his employer, sorry. Uh, the arms dealer and former Nobel Prize winner.
0: Oh my god, no. no. Not a Nobel Prize. He won that.
2: Why? Why is your villain a Nobel Prize winner?
0: Because this movie has a <laughs> political agenda. Um, <laughs> and it, it wants to imply that all Nobel Prize winners are shits.
2: Uh, Is it just to make it so unbelievable that, you know, to the general public that this guy would be a bad guy? And why do we care?
0: They need to establish him as someone remarkable. And and that was was it. You know, it's (laughs) either that or like... Because there's
2: no other things that could make a a world-renowned scientist remarkable than winning the Nobel Prize.
0: It's probably the only thing about science that the writers knew. Like, we need to make him sound like a big shot scientist. What do scientists have? What what is the Oscars for science? (laughs) He won those, whatever they are. It's probably the Nobel Prize, and it? I've heard of that. He won it.
2: I think it's kind of ironic. uh, A bunch of screenwriters arguing about the uh equivalent awarded science for screenwriting uh that they would never get. They would never get an Oscar. They have no idea what it takes to get an Oscar, but they think <laughs> science Nobel prize.
0: Of course. To be to be fair, they <laughs> they have an equal or greater chance <laughs> of getting the Nobel prize. <laughs>
2: so that
0: was uh, probably more attainable to them they probably didn't think it was that big a deal they're like god this ain't like the oscars which, (laughs) which we're never even gonna be invited to so i say we go with nobel prize i've heard of it i'd probably win it if i knew what it was that's what he's got
2: this is jonathan rice who mi6 says is a very bad man
0: Yeah. Uh, He's so he is like a quick Ebola bad. He is so bad he is like (laughs) Ebola that works really quickly, like in this film. It's quick ebola. And you can cure it with Chinese herbal stomach pills.
2: (laughs) 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 Lara figures out that that Rice is going to use the orb to locate Pandora's box. And recounts a oh yeah. She recounts a legend about a pharaoh who found the origin of life on Earth. And a box was there. Here's the problem you
0: win a Nobel Prize, right? It's not okay. good enough. No. You won. Um, <laughs> they, they call the Nobel Prize the broken promise because <laughs> the second time you get a Nobel Peace Prize, it's not as good as the first time. So you go on to bigger and harder rewards.
2: You're always trace chasing that dragon, right? Yeah,
0: always ch- chasing that golden dragon. Like, he went straight from that. Gold went- plated. It's gold-plated. It's gold-plated. It's a gold-plated yeah. It's a gold-plated Nobel Prize in the shape of a dragon.
2: They use an electroplating system. It's really yeah. cheap.
0: It's what he got the Nobel Prize for. He worked out <laughs> a way to gold-plate Nobel Prizes. <laughs> So he's got that. He needs to move on to the next big score. He goes on to the next highest award. He makes a short film and gets a Golden Globe. Um, from then on, he's the 25th entrant into the Royal Rumble that year. Wins it, goes on to WrestleMania, becomes WWE Champion. That's not good enough. He wants Universal Champion too. Pins the undefeated universal champion Brock Lesnar And then gets a teen choice award. MTV or Nickelodeon, take your pick.
2: And then what's left, really? I mean What's left,
0: Pandora's box? <laughs> I got so excited I forgot that the punchline was leading to Pandora's box. I got too excited about all the other awards that Mr. Rice could be winning
2: so this this box that this pharaoh found in this legend, you know, it, it, it no longer contained life because all the life poured out of it. Now it contains anti-life. <laughs> which is described <laughs> that the opposite
1: way. So like they couldn't just
0: say death. <laughs> I tell you what, that box, that is full of antsy life. (laughs) What, you mean death? No, 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 this is different. This is, this is worse, like, imagine quick Ebola times ten. There aren't enough herbal Chinese stomach pills in the world for this. The
2: the plague that's in, there's this plague in there, because nature requires balance, see, nature always seeks balance. Yeah. if that were the case, why the fuck is the plague still in the box?
0: I noticed that this whole scene of dialogue is a mess. Oh, totally. And not just, like, in general standards. It's like, this is the the problem of trying to over-explain things and look clever, is you might make yourself look, like, worse. And in this case, when she's saying everything in nature has a balance, first of all, no, it doesn't. And second of all, when she then says things like, um, she says something like, everything comes in pairs. Everything has pairs. But then she starts listing opposite things that are not paired at all. (laughs) Like, two things being at odds isn't a pair. Two things, like, being the same is a pair. Like, I'm not getting that wrong.
2: No, 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 you're right. My idea that she says,
0: when she says things come in pairs and then just starts listing conflicting things... That just seems wrong to me. Like she should but have just said twos. Or, that's you
2: know. a that's a theme. See, that that is that is the subtle undercurrent running through this whole film is the pairs because we're gonna see it again with uh, with Terry. Yeah. When we meet Terry here, that I'm
0: just yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna say that things come in pairs, list things that come in pairs.
2: Don't list sure. don't list things the that are opposite of that. Right, but it is. I think it is that that sort of uh, dichotomy. If you'll, you know, let me use that word in a discussion of comparing two things. Oh, you'd be allowed. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll green light that one. No, but it's, it's, it's good evil. It's the balance thing. And that's why there's the balance between her and Terry later. And they have a conversation about it because this film is super subtle.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and, if, if I may be permitted to use the word duality, there's <laughs> there's a very consistent duality uh, running through this motion picture.
2: The, there's a, a real, like, yin-yang thing going on, if I yes. could be allowed to, to use that. If, as... you could,
0: if you could draw from fable and myth to produce allegorical... <laughs> or, examples of what we're talking about then you know what you know what i'll permit that we'll run that up the flagpole and i'll salute that sucker so the pharaoh we're making our own, but... own fun folks <laughs> we really are. children we're making our own fun here today at the spin-off touches.
2: so the, the the pharaoh finds the box and opens it and it contains a plague and it levels his army so he's like shit gotta get rid of this thing
0: god this thing's lousy with <laughs> anti-life <laughs> So I just cleaned that. that out. I had fumigators out getting rid of all the life, and you brought a box of it into the house. Get out of here <laughs> take a harpoon with you.
2: It surfaces later in India when Alexander the Great's army discover, is it? Because the pharaoh told his men to take it to the end of the earth and that's India. Didn't really get it that far, if we're being totally honest. I mean, that, don't get me wrong, for the time, a great distance.
0: Oh, they gave it a good shot.
2: <laughs> but let's be real You could have taken that box way further Than India from, from Egypt um, Yeah
0: You know what If They never think to do this And and this is what I'd do If I had some like ancient artifact Especially like a doomsday one I sh- I think I'd just bung it in a hedge I think I'd just walk past a hedge And just shove it in there No one would look in a hedge <laughs> Like, they go to the bottom of the ocean looking for things that have been cast well, yeah. in there. Everyone throws things at the bottom of the ocean. Everyone throws things, like, to the ends of the earth, a.k.a. India. Everyone, like, <laughs> fails to get there, but it still ends up in some mystical, important place. Like, like the doomsday weapons are always, like in some remote place that is guarded by an ancient order or, like, like an, like an old tribe or, like, something. There's some old society in place protecting it, and it might be protected further within by, you know, ancient gods or demons or monsters or what have you. It would really fuck them up if they got all the way out there, followed all the clues, read all the maps, treated with the societies that are protecting things got there, and there's nothing there because Alexander the Great just whacked it in a hedgerow.
2: I mean, there's a really simple solution to all of this, like, mystical crap stuff. Put it where you put your sewage. Yes. Just put it where you put your sewage. Flush no one's going to go toilet. dig it around in the sewage for it.
0: Here's, here's my advice. No, if like... you ever get hold of Pandora's box, flush it down the toilet.
2: Mystical world-ending uh, devices are a lot like baby alligators, right? Mm. Like, they're super cute and fun to have around for a while, but you get tired of them, and you, you want to put them in a place where they're not going to cause trouble for you. Just, just, just throw them in the commode. Just toss them in the commode, give them a flush. It's gone. Bung Problem solved. Man. No, but you're right. Everybody always goes to this, like, tremendous, absurd effort. Making to it more hide and
0: more obvious things. as they, they come up with more and more extravagant ways of
2: hiding things. And it only inspires people to keep looking. Of course. Right? You know, they're like, ooh, I found another piece of this puzzle. This is exciting. You're just feeding this shit. Just chuck it in a bin. Forget yeah, about it. really not a problem. Uh, so the, uh, it surfaces in India, the box does, and Alexander the Great discovers it. And it kills a bunch more people in his army. So Alexander has it stashed away somewhere else and then hid the map, which is the orb. And so he hid the orb in his temple place and the box is hidden somewhere else and the map leads to the orb. Why? Why would you create something to lead people back to it?
0: Just bung it in a hedge and forget it ever existed.
2: If if it's world-ending and you believe that you control the world because you're Alexander the fucking Great, and you do at this juncture in history, mm-hmm. why would you ever put it somewhere where it could be found?
0: Well, I mean, that's the thing with all these fucking world-ending artifacts. You why wrote, are you hiding them? You wrote instructions.
2: Them. Well, you know, that's true, too. This is also, in a way, the Doctor Strangelove conundrum. You know, you have uh, in, in Dr. Strangelove, the, the, the central premise is that the Russians have developed a, a doomsday device that, you know, will kill everyone on Earth if they're attacked uh, in a first strike sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But they have yet to tell the United States government that they have this. Like it was going to be announced the following week. You know how uh, the premier loves surprises. Uh, it's a very, very funny joke. But it is essentially that premise. Like, if you have this cataclysmic world-ending thing and you are effectively a leader of the world, why are you not leveraging the fact that you have this thing?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: To maintain control.
0: There there are many things Alexander the Great could have done with this. You're right. He could have used it as, you know, his version of a back-then nuclear deterrent. It's like, Mm -hmm. don't fuck with me or that box getting open, friendo. But, or, you know, if he was like, oh, this is bad shit, like this could destroy everything I own and and have built towards, then throw it in a hedge, as I've said, or find a way to destroy it. Probably the last thing you should ever do, probably the last thing, is put it somewhere and then tell everyone how to get there. (laughs)
2: Leave instructions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and in all of these fucking films and games and books and all these things, where there are artifacts, well, not all of them. I'm sure some have been original, um, but you know the the bulk of them is they hide the thing, then tell you exactly how to get there
2: through <laughs> through a series of some convoluted steps. Typically, of course. Yeah, like yeah. Th-
0: they want to keep the lazy ones out. But that really uh, is all it is. It just it keeps out the lazy ones.
2: No one's ever going to figure this out. Huck, huck. Yeah, it's... uh yeah. So MI6, going back to our, our movie. <laughs> <laughs> MI6 asks Lara to take down Rice. Oh my God, and... we're
0: still there? <laughs> yeah,
2: we're still there. Oh
0: my God. And, and they offer help,
2: but she insists that only Terry Sheridan, a traitorous mercenary, can get her to Chen Lo. Yes. So she travels to a prison in you know that, Russia.
0: That, that means she knows everybody in the world. <laughs> yes. she knows everybody on planet Earth. If he's the only one who can do it, and she don't, she won't even entertain the idea that MI6, like that, a secret service who already knew his name and where he was and all this shit, knows less about it than she does, and and Gerald Butler does.
2: Yeah. Uh, she has to know everyone yeah no no well this is uh, and i mean i don't know what what year was this oh yeah 2003 so this is post 911 uh she could have some kind of like um you know mass surveillance security system that she's operating out of her house that collects you know metadata on every human on earth and you know like prism yeah. she could build prism she's she got that kind prism of... she's got that money and and resources sure
0: cerebro yeah. She can have a little chair and put a little got... hat on. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what it is.
2: <laughs> uh, so, Laura travels to this prison in Russia, maybe? Um, it's somewhere. Or, it's, or it's some another... former Soviet state. Yeah. It, it's
0: the, east, the block.
2: There's like, text that's what... in Cyrillic. That's what we've got to work with here. <laughs> yeah. uh, she finds Terry doing some inverted push-ups in his cell because... Gotta be impressive.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's like on the ceiling. Can't can't do regular
2: push ups.
0: He's doing push downs. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, well technically they're they're just extravagant pull ups. Right. Yeah.
2: Yep. He's Uh, doing
0: like he's he's in a like a how you'd imagine a push up pose, but he's on the ceiling like he's in the fucking exorcist. Holding on to bars. He's not the actual he's not from the exorcist. He's not Pazuzu.
2: After some painfully long dialogue, Mm. where they establish that they have a history and do not trust each other, specifically she does not trust him.
0: Like, I really would have preferred it if she just walked into the cell and was like, oh, hi, Gerard Butler, I see you're doing ceiling push-ups. We have a history, we don't really trust each other, but I need you to find Chen Lo who is the bad guy, but, like, the the opening bad guy, who'll probably get popped (laughs) off before we deal with the main bad guy. Are you in? Yes, I am. Off we go to the next, you know, exotic location.
2: Well, it's just so... It's very ponderous. It's very uh, delayed. Um, There's just these great pauses between what they say. Uh, and, and, And the intent is to increase the drama and the tension... And it's just boring yeah. more well, I than mean, anything.
0: for drama intention to increase, you have to have it to begin with.
2: Right. And I and think there's, that, that... Well, there's just, so. there's nothing, there's nothing here to this relationship. They haven't established, no. like, if they'd given us a little bit of the backstory of his betrayal at this point to, to sort of drive hope how serious this was.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, uh, like, maybe have, because we've seen Lara Croft be all cool and collected and suave. Maybe have a scene before she turns up of him in the prison, maybe getting into a prison fight. You know, it doesn't have to be original where he is also cool and collected and badass and all that kind of stuff. But have them meet and have the facade drop a little bit. Instead, they meet. Both their facades are still up. As a result, the characters have no chemistry. The the performers have no chemistry with each other because both of them are still being standoffish, badass Hollywood action heroes so there's no tension or drama because it's, and again, like it would have just been quicker if they'd have done like many other action films and just said, "Oh yeah, we have a history. There an ex, and just had them bicker and argue a little bit. Like that's how these films normally do it. But this film tried to do something deeper, without any of the character development you need for it to be deeper.
2: Exactly that. Yes, and I think I think part of the problem is is that they don't really effectively convey the 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 depth of imp- and importance of Terry's betrayal in general. Um, and it doesn't... I and still it's not,
0: can't quite work out what he did. I wasn't... Maybe I, like, I, don't, just I don't droned not and fell out. They,
2: I don't remember if they even get into the specifics of what he did other than he used to be a, a part of the British military, you know, like a, a military special special forces guy of some kind. And then he decided to go into business for himself. Yeah. I mean, and that's it. And it's a little weird for Lara Croft, of all people, to have this reaction to him because she's made abundantly clear in the prior scene that she has no particular love for her government because she's just told these MI6 guys to fuck off and that she's doing it for her and that she's not doing it for her government. So it's not like she has this deep attachment to the betrayee you know the the person that he's turned on or the group or organization uh so it's really more about i know that you're untrustworthy because you have betrayed someone in the past that you you know swore an oath to yeah that doesn't hit as hard not Um, really especially when it's someone that that she has a, a sort of mutual antipathy for uh, but whatever. Um, she offers Terry an apartment in Zurich, five million pounds, and a fresh start, courtesy of MI6, in exchange for his help. Um, after, oh, it feels like an eternity of bullshit chatter, uh, he says that he can get her to Chen Lo in a day. Um, now this is interesting, that he, his plan was to get her to Chen Lo in a day, uh, they are talking about how they're going to get there. And I believe he suggests the train. I think that's what they were gonna do, is gonna ride the train. And no, possibly. I think so. There was some other means of land transit that they were going to take. And she says, No, I've got a faster idea. And so they drop in by way of a small pod plane that, you know, detaches from another plane. And they crash into a mountain so as to destroy the evidence of their arrival. Now, I don't want to be... I don't want to nitpick. Because you know me. Oh, you know yeah, me. yeah.
1: You know so I we, don't nitpick we paint these with broad
2: strokes here. <laughs> right. How in fa- How is Terry's plan going to get them to Chen Lo in a day? If it still takes them a day to get to Chen Lo? <laughs> And they fly it.
0: I mean, it's... um, (laughs) Right, well... (laughs) I'll be honest, I don't know.
2: They arrive at a small farm where a woman is waiting for Lara.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, this is the person who I wish the film was actually about. Yeah, yeah. Her her whole deal is fascinating (laughs) to me.
2: She's waiting for her with guns and knives and a she's motorcycle. She's this lovely
0: old lady, just, just out in the middle of nowhere, just with guns waiting for anyone who crashes into a mountain.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, her husband's checks- been like, like, you're an idiot keeping all these guns, and she's like, just you see, right? <laughs>
2: One day. One, One day, day, day someone's crashing
0: into a mountain, and they're going to want these guns. <laughs>
2: Laura checks in with Hillary and Bryce to see if they've made progress in reading the part of the orb that they have because Laura took video recording of it in the Lunar Temple. But they haven't because they don't have any kind of legend to work off of. So to get to their, det- their destination, uh, undetected by Chen Lo's men, Laura rides a motorcycle atop the Great Wall of China. <laughs> of course she does. Super subtle. Like that. Honestly,
0: that is a scene where you're like, of course, of course, course. of course, she motorbikes across the Great. She's in China. First of all, you wouldn't go to China and not go to the Great Wall because, according to Hollywood, that's all there is in China. That and Pagodas, which, don't worry, they're in the film as well. Um, and, and if you're going to go to the Great Wall, if you're Lara Croft, you might as well do it on a motorbike. It's like a long road, Conrad. Do you see that? Do, you get I, do it? I,
2: I do see that. But, like, this was supposed to be their subtle, not detected route. <laughs> like, we can't... The, 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 <laughs> well, maybe The, it's, the guy maybe says it's... <laughs> there are no roads between here and there that are unguarded by his men. Right, but...
0: App- applying the bung it in a hedge logic The last place they're looking Is for someone motorbiking across the Great Wall Like maybe they even heard about that Like they hear it on the news Like just in Some idiot from America Oh no it'd be Britain Some idiot from Britain Is motorbiking across the Great Wall Like a tit And, and the hedgemen are just thinking Well that can't be Lara Croft That is too much like titty behaviour
2: uh, then she does some dirt bike, tr- dirt bike tricks with Terry. They have a fun old time on their motorcycles. And then they go on a hike together. And Terry starts doing that thing that guys do in romantic comedies where they rehash their relationships because they can't understand why a woman would reject them. Yes. It's kind of a turn-off.
0: Are you sure? Because I was damp. <laughs> I, was, I was like a swamp down there, like a murky, fly
2: riddled <laughs> swamp. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chen Lo's delivery guy is blinded and taken to rice, but the box he delivers has a cell phone in it and not an orb. So after having the poor bastard killed... Rice uses the phone to call Chen Lo- they just kill this guy?
0: Yeah, I mean, personally, if I found out If I found out that thousands of years ago Alexander the Great had the world's first Nokia I'd have fucking been thrilled I wouldn't use it to make a casual phone call That'd be going to, like, the British Museum Or do a tour of late-night talk shows Here is Alexander the Great's Nokia He's angry, but, though. He's not happy.
2: But, but talk. I mean, kill, kill the messenger? I mean, much? Really? Like, this guy did nothing. Eddie, you can tell he's terrified. He does not want to be here. He does not want to deliver this thing that he's pretty clear is not the thing this guy wants.
0: As as the 10-plus year host of the Quisition, I fully... I think this guy is the most relatable one in the film. The poor bastard who gets shot. <laughs> Just for just for delivering the the thing that is there.
2: So he calls up Chen Lo on the phone, who's decided to uh, leverage the orb for a bigger payday because he's realized how valuable it must be because Lara Croft wants it. Which, okay, yeah. I mean she's I mean, incredibly wealthy. If uh, you're sending
0: if you're sending like henchmen armed with harpoons to go and get something. I'd have assumed it was worth a pretty penny anyway.
2: Right. Yeah. But but you know, I mean, now how much he's was got he another him
0: before then.
2: Like ten uh, bucks. Who knows? But I mean, he's got another potential buyer, I guess is the thing, at this point. Like yeah. Oh yeah, okay, fine, I'll get this orb for you and he goes in and says, Oh shit, here's this incredibly wealthy aristocrat who tracks down all sorts of bizarre archaeological shit and she clearly wants it too. Well, now I'm in a negotiating position. Yeah. Right.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I was—I'll admit, I was being nitpicky with that one.
2: Yeah, but 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 so, uh, rice threatens Chenlo's kids.
0: Do you think it's called rice because every time it's said, it makes me think of rice?
2: That could be. That could be. Uh, rice like, was, uh, was big at that time. When, yeah, when that, was that bad. Japanese subway attack?
0: Um, oh, I think that was a lot more before, uh, a lot sooner than that. Um, earlier than that. Other that could I could be thinking of a different one.
2: Uh, that, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, oh,
0: I mean, I don't think it's important, and I don't think they were thinking about it as much as I was.
2: Yeah, probably not. No. Probably not. So anyway, uh, in response, Chen Lo... So, so here's, here's our negotiation. Just I want to break <laughs> this down real quick. Uh, Chen Lo says, I want more money. Rice says, I'll kill your kids.
0: <laughs> he hasn't quite learned about haggling.
2: Chad Lowe says, well, I'll give the orb to Lara. You know, it's pretty standard negotiation stuff going on here, right?
0: Like, this has happened to me more times than I can count. <laughs> like, I, back, back when I was doing freelance work and we do contract negotiation, um, I'd be like, you know, well, I'm, you know, I expect at least this much a month and they're like, well, we could do maybe this and I'm like, look, I'm going to kill you kids. And you know, the editor in chief or whoever will come back with, well, we know Lara Croft and we've got an orb. So do you
2: want the orb or not? <laughs> well, they, they come together and they settle on $12 million in exchange for the orb and Lara's corpse. So everybody's getting a little something more out of it. That's how a good compromise is reached. That's right? the art of the deal. Yep. Uh, Laura, What you Ter- don't
0: do is take the first <laughs> offer on the table.
2: <laughs> right, right. You don't say, okay, all right, you know what? I've got I've got this orb, but I've got another buyer. I want $15 million. Rice, you know, if he were, like, in, in another position, if he were a less savvy negotiator, he'd say, F- fuck it, I'll just take that. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that. that.
0: Yeah, that's fine. It's like, it's like if you were the president and... <laughs> And figureheads, you know, leaders from two parties came and sat down and wanted to come to some sort of arrangement regarding the debt ceiling.
2: And one of them is the party of which you are ostensibly the leader. Yes. And and, and they are in power overall uh, throughout government. They, you, have, you have pretty much uh, th- this party in complete control. Uh, and the other party has really very little uh, negotiating position to work from because if you could just get the people that are all you are know, all in the party. That you're ostensibly the leader of, to do the things that you wanted, or to come together on shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you wouldn't need. Also, that. you're
0: you're you're leveraging recent disasters as well, so that it's politically unwise to mm-hmm. to not give you what you want. Yeah, um, and instead of, of, of leveraging any of that, you just take the first deal that the people you don't like put on the table. <laughs> um, that's that would not be like what that. they did in this film. No, uh, no. They they came to a deal that was good for them.
2: <laughs> Laura and Terry do get captured by Chen Lo's men, which was Terry's plan all along. And he suggests that Chen Lo will turn if Lara can make him a better offer. Oh, that's Though it. The he...
0: only way you can get close to Chen Lo is to be kidnapped. That was his plan. Yeah, was... that was his
2: plan. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get captured. Okay.
0: Well that's it cuz then uh, she's like oh I wish you'd have told me beforehand and then she mentions that Lo is working for Rice and then he's like oh you could have told oh, me shit. that beforehand so you yeah, know exactly. the stakes are high cuz cuz Terry Gerard Butler can't do anything except win a Nobel prize.
2: Yeah well yeah that's that's and and has been that's been the dream all along yeah. but he knows he can't do it. He knows he, knows it, he, that's he can't outside do it. his grasp. Yeah. And
0: even worse he knows that Rice is going to use all of his Nobel winning <laughs> knowledge to Get one up on him. You can't beat a man with a Nobel Prize. If all else fails, he'll clobber you with it.
2: So Terry and Laura are taken to Chenlo, and there's some polite banter about how and with whom Terry departed last they saw each other. Uh, I guess he ran off with one of Chenlo's henchmen's sisters. I guess.
0: Yeah, I was a little confused. Because they mentioned that he ran off with a sister and then just cut to the, you know, the big holding The big, the big guy, yeah. And I'm like, what? Was was he trying to pretend that the big guy was his sister to escape? And they were to no, but why is he a henchman of Chen lo still? I was very confused by this, but I guess what? that is the implication. Is I, the, I think he, the
2: he, the implication was that it was this, the he, this guy is the brother of the sister he ran off with, yeah. and so he's going to beat him up for mistreating his sister. Interestingly
0: or, you know. enough, this was the film being too subtle for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they have some chit-chat about betrayal. A common thematic thing coming up here with Terry. Uh, Before Chenlo takes Lara to see his terracotta warriors, of which he has a lot.
0: Like a silly amount.
2: A silly amount of terracotta warriors. There, There is a point. Possibly more terracotta warriors than exist today.
0: Yes. I mean, well, probably because he's got them all.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean,
0: there gets to a point, like with Cats or Boglins, where you're like, how many Terracotta Warriors is too many Terracotta Warriors? And I'm willing to say he passed that point a long time ago. I
2: think you're right, sir. He
0: has got a fucking silly amount of Terracotta Warriors. Now, that would be a Dynasty Warriors game I'd play. I mean, it wouldn't be very good, so they'd get smashed up. But... <laughs>
2: it'd, just be si- yeah, it'd be a pretty simple game. The enemies would all just be sitting there, and you just run through smashing them. Actually, that would be a great That's tutorial mode. Not that much mode. different from a regular Dynasty Warriors. That'd <laughs> be a fun tutorial mode, though.
0: Yeah, smash up some terracotta's.
2: Yeah. Huh. So, negotiations between Chen Lo and Lara break down, despite a strong offer of cash and protection uh, from Lara's end. Offering yeah, to protect she, Chen Lo.
0: She offered him a good deal.
2: Yeah. Um and so they do a fighting instead.
1: Yes.
0: With
2: Lara climbing across the heads of these priceless statues while Chen Lo destroys them. Like she has just <laughs> so such they both, everyone in this in these films has such callous disregard.
0: I'm almost the artifacts to bet.
2: that they collected and ostensibly love. I'm always willing to
0: bet Shenlo that morning said to his henchman, "Right, it's time to drag all the terracotta warriors out of storage. I believe I'm going to have a fight scene this afternoon." <laughs> well,
2: she gets to a rifle eventually, but oh it God, doesn't This bits weird. It doesn't have ammo. So she instead defends herself with the military drill movements. <laughs>
0: she starts doing, and, and little drummer boy soundtrack starts playing, just, <sharp> 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 just like marching drummer boy music while she is doing, like you say, yeah, bayonet drill maneuvers.
2: <laughs>
0: and it's part of the fight.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just, well, the fight basically stops so she could do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he isn't even looking at her confused.
2: No, which like, really like, is the appropriate response. Yeah. Uh, and, and that like, would have worked. Even in the movie, it would have been appropriate. Like, that would have
0: worked. It would be been like, oh, she's confusing him. Like, oh, that's clever. But instead, it's like, oh, no, 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 this happens all the time.
2: He's, he's legitimately, like, threatened by this or something. Uh, and so then she stabs him in the foot with a bayonet. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, on with him on the ground, she gets the location of the meat where the orb's supposed to be given to rice, uh, takes the medallion uh, from the statue at the lunar temple, which Lo's now wearing around his neck, and then ultimately kills him in self-defense when he tries to shoot her at the back.
0: yeah, i don't I don't know why he that was not the art of the deal.
2: no, I mean he would in that lost.
0: case, no, in that in that particular instance, he should have taken the first offer.
2: Yeah, and well, and and he is he is a a he's got money because he's got an organized crime syndicate that you know someone's paying these fuckers that work for him. Yeah, right.
0: And he's got a shitload. Of, well, I mean, significantly less now, but a shitload of terracotta warriors.
2: He has resources. He could run at this point that he's clearly defeated.
0: Yeah, and like it's... live to fight another day. You know. Ah. Uh... You've still got your terracotta warriors, at least five of them. At least five. fetch couple, Bob.
2: So, uh, she and Terry escape... Laura and Terry escape the fortress. Uh, they they do this sliding down ropes head head first while shooting people. Yes. Oh, yes, they do. (laughs) I forgot about that. For the action, it doesn't look stupid at all. No. No. They
0: could have looked... And honestly, like, I knew they were going to do it. Yeah. Um... And it could have looked cool, but they didn't film it in a way where it did.
2: No, it did. I don't know how you would have made that better necessarily. I'm not. I think
0: just a lot of close-ups to suggest that they're doing it without showing it what it actually looks like.
2: Mm-hmm. And maybe just a little less time in general. Like maybe you didn't I mean, need yeah, to kill five people doing it. Yeah, just, like one or two. One, yeah. Uh, so on the way to Shanghai, Lara calls back to base again. It shows uh, Bryce and Hillary the medallion or, or shows Bryce the medallion. It should I think it's just Bryce on here uh, saying that, that that she thinks it's the key to all of this.
0: Is that when uh, she's on her Google Glass?
2: Uh, I think she's on the Google Glass next time. okay, but maybe this time she uses her Google Glass a lot uh, coming up here. Uh, she's she thinks this medallion's the key and Bryce realizes that sound somehow factors into reading the map because Oh yeah,
0: because the th- medallion had someone holding two pipes
2: on it. Yeah, and and the little like wavy things emanating from it to suggest that it's a sound. Like it's yeah. a bit of a it's a bit of a leap. Could have I been mean, a smell. <laughs> it could have been a smell. Like, wow, this guy really reeks. That's Body it. odor's the key. <laughs> Just rub the orb on your armpits. That's how you get it to reveal the location of Pandora's box.
0: It could have meant anything. It could it could have signified that there are particular magic instruments. Yeah. Not just sound. Not just that you can go down there with a fucking Phil Spector LP and <laughs> open up the gates.
2: So, hanging out near where Chen Lo's brother is going to hand off the robe to Rice, Lara and Terry have another heart-to-heart about why he betrayed his country. You know, the conversation that we should have had the first time we met Terry. Mm. Uh, and, and how he's still totally hung up on Lara. Um, and then Rice shows up in a helicopter, and he is is directed to sort of lower down into the middle of this square, but they don't like land all the way, and the exchange takes forever because nobody's trusting anyone. Like, the helicopter's hovering nine feet off the ground. Like, halfway
0: through this, I was like, at one point, one of you's just going to have to take the risk here.
2: And it's just like, yeah, there's this dude, like, hanging out on the skids, like, reaching down for the box, and these other guys are holding up the box, and they're like, there's too much distance between them to hand this off anyway, and they're insisting that the box come first, and the other guys are, oh, the money first. This is going on and going on. And and so, because of this... Here's my thing, Right. He
0: is really rich. They've got no reason not to believe he's good for the money. Right. Also, like, on the other side, they are holding something very, very precious that there's only one of. Like, he can't afford not to give him the money. Right. Just drop the fucking money. That's just it. It should be, it should just be the money. The the, The money should be nothing to this man. Like, he's clearly he's rich to the point where twelve million, $12 million might be inconvenient.
2: Million. Motherfucker is selling weaponized viruses to foreign powers. He invented quick Ebola. He he does not have 12 twelve. He's got twelve million lying around. Just I mean that's. That's pocket. He could change. sell a couple
0: of Nobel Prizes if he's strapped.
2: I mean, if he's got the money to build a huge underground research facility in Russia to test all of these viruses in a live environment, he's got the 12 million to just toss this off.
0: He he is so He is so comfortable in his wealth that when he sends henchmen from his helicopter to fight people on the ground, he sends the one holding the money. <laughs> The money that I do believe is never mentioned again. That's how little he cares for 12 million. Just drop it. And if they don't throw the orb up, how about shoot them?
2: Yeah. that's Or land your helicopter on them. But because this discussion, this debate, this negotiation is taking so long, and, and it's a helicopter, and it's so loud, and everyone's focused on that, nobody notices the neon dragon sign. ...that is slowly approaching the helicopter because it's being ridden by a gun-toting Lara Croft. You know, why didn't she stick a saddle on it? This is why she was doing that horseback training, gun training earlier. It was for this scene. That, it was One day I might
0: need to shoot someone while riding a neon dragon. <laughs> you gotta prepare for every eventuality, you no know, matter how stupid.
2: Uh, Rice manages to get the helicopter moving before Lara can, can get herself onto it and stop them. So, Lara takes to the streets for some more acrobatic gunplay.
0: Yeah, lots of neon fighting.
2: Uh, Chen Bro, which is what I'm, I'm going to call Xian, which is Chen Lo's brother, uh, takes the orb to the top of a nearby pagoda on Rice's orders. To I told you exchange. we were getting them! Yep, we're getting pagodas.
0: They're the uh, only the, There are only three things in China, according to Hollywood. Great Wall, Pagodas, Chinese Dragon, thanks.
1: Uh,
0: and we got all of them.
2: So Lara arrives at the top of this pagoda just in time to see Rice get the orb and then shoot Chen, bro. Uh, so using a bamboo pole, Lara vaults herself. Oh, bamboo
0: also is in China. Yes, that's right.
2: Thank you, Hollywood. Right. Yep. Uh, She vaults herself to the skids of Rice's helicopter and affixes a tracker to the crate containing the orb as they're pulling it in, I guess? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lara and Terry then follow this tracker to downtown Shanghai where Rice has a secret underground weapons lab in a shopping center. Best place for it. You know what? I'm going to give this guy – I'm going to give Rice credit because he has learned the lessons that many great leaders before him, pharaohs and and even Alexander the Great, uh, he's learned Mm -hmm. from their mistakes, and he has put his incredibly important, valuable secret thing – In the middle of a highly populated area where no one would think to look for it.
0: Plain sight. Right there. He bunged it in a hedge. That is Mm -hmm. what he did. And he would have gotten away with it if not for the tracker.
2: Yep, it's true. Uh, So, uh, Lara figures out where the entrance to the lab is and gets Mm -hmm. in by holding a dude that's entering it at gunpoint.
0: What she should have done would say, like, oh, I'd have thought you'd have hidden your secret lab in a temple or something. And then he goes, ah, but don't you see I have? And then looks at the camera and goes, consumerism! (laughs) (laughs) And then the credits roll. (laughs) That's the end of the film, thank you. (laughs) Um...
2: Let's see. Yeah, so she gets in there with Terry. They quickly eliminate any resistance. They find the orb on a security camera, and oh my God, he's scanning it. Uh, so then she makes her way to oh, the orb, leaving Bryce hell, at the cameras. Hmm? I'm just saying this is too
0: exciting. It is too but... exciting.
2: One of Bryce's uh, security guards shows up. Oh no. Uh, there's there's some more shooting, but she knocks uh, the guy out and gets in oh, touch thank with God. Bryce. Yeah, right, to see if, if, if they figured out this sounds thing that they're figuring out. Uh, but then Rice shows up with more men, and his real plan is revealed, which is to cull a bunch of humanity in a Darwinian exercise. <laughs> okay. Heard well, that one I mean, before. That's,
0: that's worse than sell it. That is yeah. worse than sell it as a weapon. Like, you're a biological arms dealer. Where did the whole evolutionary biologist thing come from?
2: Well, but that's what he got his Nobel Prize hit, clearly. Yeah. Um, As his laser computer finishes scanning the orb, uh, he orders his men to kill Lara, but then Terry intervenes, allowing Lara to snatch the orb and escape. Hooray. Uh, But Rice has Lara's little augmented reality headset thing that she's been using to communicate with Bryce, her Uh, her Google Google Glass. Glass. Yeah. Her trunk (laughs) yellow. Nice little callback. Uh, pursued by Rice's men, Terry and Lara take an elevator up to a skyscraper under construction. Sure. But because you they, need
0: somewhere high. Until, you need somewhere high to put on wingsuits and
2: dive off to have your suit seed.
0: Yeah. Why don't they call them parachutes? I don't know. That works so much better. I, I um, agree. Yeah. Those. That was all practical effects. They had two stunt people in wingsuits. Yeah, they legit that. did
2: that. And and it looks kind of cool. I mean, it looks terrifying. It looks kind of cool. It looks I agree it is terrifying. It it is they got their money's worth out of that shot because it 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 goes on a long time.
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can tell how expensive it is by how long we have to sit and watch it.
2: Right. Uh and it
0: is impressive for the first bit of it.
2: It is. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, this is still happening. Yeah, um, the
0: only reason I was glued to the screen was because I was like, "Is there water for them to land in, or are they going to get really scraped knees?"
2: No, they, but they landed on a boat. They land on a boat. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah, that Terry contracted to get them out of Shanghai, and so they're on the boat and they do some foreplay. Um, you know, first first they they both try to hide their guns under the same pillow, you know, and that's Aww. to to signal to us that you know, well, they're really. They're really kind of the same in, hey look, in a lot of ways. Yeah, they're clicking. They're yeah.
0: vibing off each other. You know,
2: I think I think they may have already had the conversation about how they're two sides of the same coin. I think that that came up in the last like, why don't we get to get back together conversation. Uh, yeah. So they they, uh, she, Laura takes a shower and comes back in in a towel, which means it's time for you know foreplay. Yes. Uh, Full uh, play
0: that you can see the tape holding up a towel on, according yeah. to Amazon X Ray. Okay. when okay. Kissing Gerard Butler, um, the tape that's holding the towel on is very clearly visible on camera.
2: All right. I look at it. <laughs> I wasn't looking for it. I didn't know to look for it. But now, no, I'm never going to see this movie again. So I'm never going to see it. Thank you, Amazon, for letting me know.
0: It really doesn't matter, does it? No, I guess not. None of the goofs, none of the continuity errors, of which there are many. When she's riding the horse earlier in the film, um, depending on the camera angle, it's either overcast or sunny. (laughs) Um, The Jeep that they're driving to, I think, Mount Kilimanjaro later in the film is muddy. For most of it, but when they arrive, it's clean. Lots of that. None of it really matters because I will never go back and watch it.
2: So, uh but I know these things. Yeah. I, I do
0: know them. Uh,
2: so Laura handcuffs Terry to the bed, uh, but that's not part of the foreplay uh, because she's uh, seeming to accuse him of something by suggesting that he could have killed Rice at any point during that whole thing and didn't, so maybe he's up to something.
0: I mean, it's a Uh, fair point. Like, there are many points in this film. But then later on, Rice has many opportunities to shoot Lara and doesn't. So is he working for her?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Lara leaves Terry behind, uh, despite his attempts to appeal to her emotions. Uh, And so then she goes and intrudes on a family at dinner on 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 a little boat. And wires their TV up to her camera, cell phone, and a satellite dish. So she could video chat with Bryce and give him the remainder of the orb's surface. So...
0: Oh, another fun fact there for you. When she's she's speaking to the family, she's speaking in uh, Mandarin. But the area where she's in, uh, Cantonese would have actually been the more common tongue. Uh,
2: that is good it's to know. That's another fact for yeah. you. Yeah. I, w- I mean, as a person who has done a fair bit of video conferencing over the years... Just watching her set this up is just so (laughs) frustrating. (laughs) Because you know that it means that the only way this works is if she has some kind of like super custom software. Yeah. That makes all of this various hodgepodge MacGyver shit she's pulled together work. And that software just does not exist.
0: Cruftware (laughs) 2.5.
2: Uh, so Bryce transmits the sound that he decoded, uh, back to Lara to see if it has some effect on the orb, but it's distorted and doesn't. So when she asks for the file itself, Bryce initially resists, but eventually gives in. And when she plays it, the orb displays images of Africa along with some creepy shit at the end. Um, Toto... Nowhere to be found. No. Uh she tells Bryce to phone ahead to a friend of hers in Africa. Uh, uh but to Bryce's great misfortune, he gets kidnapped by Rice. He, he has been. They've had him at gunpoint for this whole conversation, and that's why he was so reticent. Uh so Laura goes Laura goes to Africa and gets picked up by her Fred Cosa, who is the person that that uh that, that Bryce was supposed to call. So did did Rice, like, order Bryce to call Kosa? Like, wouldn't you expect under these circumstances? Well, I mean, maybe that's that's the devious, smart guy, supervillain thing, is to like, well, we're going to maintain this pretense.
0: Is that Nobel Prize coming out?
2: Uh, instead of just showing up in Africa, where she's going to be, which we're going to do, anyway. Um, but whatever. Uh, Largo's to Africa gets picked up. Terry's in pursuit, having found the boat with the family in what seems like a kind of shocking coincidence. (laughs) Uh, Laura takes the orb to a village elder who tries to turn her away and then tells her the legend of the Shadow Guardians that protect the Cradle of Life, because we need more supernatural shit in this. Uh, We went to great effort to offer a scientific explanation for why Pandora's box contains a, a deadly plague. Well, maybe not scientific. Nature demands a balance, right? Okay. Yeah. But an explanation all the same. No explanation for why these fuckers exist. Why are yeah. they there? This is not even the first resting place
0: of the thing. Well, it's an action film. Exposition happens in the first 15 minutes, and the rest just happens.
2: And and more, how did it? it... it is this back where it was originally? Because they're going to the Cradle of Life... That's where the pharaoh supposedly found it, and then I thought he sent it to India, and then Alexander the Great found it and put it somewhere else. Did Alexander the Great just coincidentally take it back to precisely the same location it was originally discovered? Yes. I how did I miss yes. this the first time? Oh I don't my know, god! But this
0: point, like this, is the point where my brain officially switched off. When 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 the CGI monsters start coming out,
2: yeah. Yeah, so uh she hears about these shadow guardians and 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 then, and then the village elder's like, "Okay, but I'm going to send you 20 men to guide you there." All right, fine. Uh so they go to the general vicinity of, of where they're supposed to go. Uh along the way, one of the people says, "I'm with you all the way. I I'm going with you straight to the end of this motherfucker." So, uh okay. Good. He dies. Just in case you're wondering. Uh,
0: I think they thought if they gave him a line of dialogue, the death would mean something.
2: (laughs) Rice's men show up in a helicopter and shoot the hell out of the villagers, taking Lara hostage. Rice tries to convince her to tell the specific location of the cradle, which she's seen from the orb, um, in exchange for Bryce and Hillary's survival. Uh, With some nudging from Kosa, she agrees to this uh, arrangement. So then Terry shows up and rescues Bryce and Hillary, who have been left behind at the helicopter with seemingly few guards. Uh, The trio makes a plan to steal the helicopter, which Bryce could pilot because he's been playing all those flight simulator video games the whole movie. (laughs) Laura, still with Rice's men, moves in the direction of the cradle. Suddenly the film becomes aliens for a bit.
0: Just as, for a bit, yeah.
2: As the Shadow Guardians pick off a few enemies before revealing themselves to be hulking bipedal things.
0: Eyeless, like, they look a bit like the, the liquor from the Resident Evil films. We're
2: eyeless, but Lara figures out they're reacting to movement. So, do what you vibrations. want with that. Yeah, I, I don't know. But
0: then again, if, if they've got no eyes and they rely on on, you know, vibrations or sound, you'd think they'd be so tuned in that them just standing still a little bit, and also whispering. Yeah, like, that the talking would kind of, like, yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, so to get Lara to reveal the location of the cradle, Rice directs Kosa to walk through the canyon with the Shadow Guardians in it, uh, which would, you know, mean his certain death, and eventually Lara relents and asks for the orb. And when Rice refuses to give it to her, she hits him and takes it, dropping it down a hole she saw, which, for reasons... Kills the Shadow Guardians and opens a crater that she falls into, (laughs) with Mm -hmm. Rice jumping in after. Uh, Within the crater is a network of tunnels where the usual laws of gravity do not apply. think the labyrinth, um, M.C. Escher scene with uh, Bowie and Jennifer Connelly walking through. It's that. They eventually find the box floating in a pool of... <laughs> I don't remember
0: the words, so I just went... <laughs>
2: but they do find a box floating. the box floating in a pool of boiling... liquid? And Rice tries to get Lara to retrieve it for him, singing her, or singeing her uh, ponytail in the process of this. But she strikes at him, and they do another fighting. Uh, meanwhile... Terry has made his way into the cradle, found the box, and melted his assault rifle in the process of dragging it. Some of the worst
0: CGI I've ever seen. Really horrendous. The the bubbling, just the the, it doesn't so much melt as bubble effects just appear on on the front of the gun. (laughs) It is so bad their their attempt to make a gun look like it's melting.
2: Uh, Shortly after this, uh, Rice gets knocked out. Uh, in the fight with Lara and falls at the pool and he melts. Uh,
0: During that fight, I should point out, he had a gun and was aiming at her many times, but only ever tried to fire it when she hit his hand.
2: Yeah. So after a tender moment of dressing Lara's wounds, Terry goes back to pack up the box. But Lara says no and they have a confrontation about it. There's some melodramatic bullshit about how Lara doesn't have it in her to stop him from taking the box and the fortune that would come along with it, and then she shoots him. (laughs) Yeah. Left alone with the box, Lara starts to open it, but decides against it and returns it to the center of the boiling pool where now for some reason it's decided to sink. (laughs) She emerges from the cradle to find the villagers waiting for her. She reunites with Hillary and Bryce, who are in a hilarious turn of events. Unwittingly, in the midst of a wedding ceremony for which they are the grooms.
0: Like, I tell you what, I laughed so hard at that scene that the ribs inside my body turned to a fine paste and fell out of my asshole.
2: Everyone hops into a Jeep and drives off. Roll credits. That's the cradle of life.
0: So, the whole film was all about how these two blokes got married. <laughs>
2: It's a fun summer movie about, you know, a group of people going on, a, on an adventure and finding themselves and finding love. I'm walking
0: on sunshine. Whoa! That's the music that played. So, Conrad, did you like Tomb Raider Lara Croft, Tomb Raider The Cradle of Life, Lara Croft, or not?
2: Uh, it's, you know, it, I see a movie that could have been pretty good. Um...
0: The money's there, the budget is there, the star power is there. It's everything's there. It's just it doesn't do much with what it has.
2: Yeah, it's not bad. Like there, we we see so many bad movies uh, yeah. and things that we could specifically point to as this is. This just sort of is a little slow in parts. Uh, there isn't, you know, it's but it's an action movie and and it succeeds in doing its actiony things. The action's yeah. not like great. But it's it's, but it's another fine. one
0: of those films where. There are just so many better. That right. If you want an action film, even a cheap one, like like there's so much better than this, which is just an overproduced, underdeveloped, run-of-the-mill vehicle for Angelina Jolie, really. Yeah, um, I mean, you if you're not want wire vehicles fighting, are
2: bad, but you could do. You there's know, some really great wire fighting stuff out there that you could watch. Yeah. your Crouching Tigers. You know, that, I mean, some... there are
0: better Angelina Jolie movies. Oh, for sure, so, for sure. There are better Gerard Butler movies. There are better. There are just better everything. There there are better alternatives.
2: I wonder if Mr. and Mrs. Smith is better than Tomb Raider Cradle of
0: Life. (laughs) I've not seen it, but I've heard it's absolutely dreadful.
2: That'd be interesting to see.
0: uh, Maybe we we won't do that. No, no, we won't do that. God, no. God, no. No, not us. Not for this show, anyway. Uh. Um. Yeah I, I really don't have much more to say about right, it. It yeah. was a lot more fun to talk about than yeah and, it's... and that, I think that was just because of us Like this wasn't one of those films where there was so much bad stuff we could have fun making fun of it. No. Like I said earlier we made our own fun here.
2: Yeah it's it's a it's a you know kind of a toss plot that there's some room to get some giggles out of how kind of stupid it is but that's yeah it, it,
0: it the, the you don't have sequences. to watch the film for that. Like You can just read the plot summary on Wikipedia or something and probably get just as much enjoyment.
2: Yeah, and, and it, I mean, it, it even it competently breaks up its dramatic and action scenes. You know, like, there's a good here, then here, then here, then here, then here. It bounces back and forth pretty yeah. well. There's a fairly good mix. I think everything in it runs a little long is, is the big issue there uh at ninety minutes i I would feel that that was probably a pretty good film if they could just tighten it up. um two hours just felt too long uh, but it's it's all right. I, I'm not gonna watch it again, but I don't feel like uh, you know with, with so many of these films, I feel like oh God, I'm never getting that back. I mean I'm not, but at least I'm not angry. yeah, yeah. So what are we doing next time, Jim?
0: You couldn't have, like, given me one more minute. You couldn't have given me one more minute. I don't know. Are there any good ones left?
2: Well, no.
0: No. But were Are there, there any... any
2: good ones to begin with?
0: No. Okay. Actually, well, there was, but... Well, yeah, there's there's been a few. It's too late for that. It's too yeah. late
2: for that. Um. Let's see. Uh... Oh yeah, let's get into that direct-to-video section. That's oh, that's, no. where the, that's where the good stuff is. Oh, this is th- good
0: listening for the the <laughs> audience as well. Just that they get to hear us. Just uh, I'm I'm not going to edit this, am I? No,
2: probably not. Probably not. Um, let's see here, is the what's that? Uh, Heavenly Sword movie?
0: You know what? I don't know. They don't. Like, I've, I've played Heavenly Sword. It's I... got Andy Circus in it, and the, the cutscenes were really nice.
2: It's the one with the hat, right? Where it's you throw the, hats? The, red,
0: the, the woman with the red hair and the sword.
2: Don't you have to throw hats at some point? That's some gameplay mechanic?
0: Maybe. I don't remember throwing hats. Right. I remember a really awful archery mechanic.
2: Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of.
0: All right, let's do that.
2: Yeah, let's do that.
0: Why not? It'll be something a little bit different. It will be. It will be. All right, we're going to do... We're going to do Heavenly Sword. Do you all remember that? (laughs) Huh? Big PS3 title.
1: That
0: was a big deal. It was at the time, uh, Heavenly Sword. We'll get to talk all about that next time. Yeah. That's actually quite interesting. I wouldn't mind talking about Heavenly Sword. All right, then. That will be next time. Um, If you're starved for podcasts, and actually that really undersold it, If, (laughs) if you'd like more of our work, then we also do another podcast together called Fist Shark Marketing, That's at FistShark.com. Fist like punching, shark like munch munch. And you can follow Conrad on Twitter, Conrad Zimmerman, at Conrad Zimmerman, all one word. Uh, And other than that, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next time for Heavenly Sword, the movie version, not the game, although the movie bits off the game were the best bit. See you later.
1: Bye. Bye.